Castaway Show with Dave Dolan. Hello, Anza. You're listening to KOYT 96.3 on your dial. You've just come to your local source for your fishing reports and information. I'm Dave Dolan, and I'm here with the Castaway Show. If you're a fisherman, wannabe fisherman, or if you just like talking about the outdoors, this is the show for you. So we'd also like to hear from you here. We are at programming at 963koyt.org. Let me know what you think of the show. If you have any questions, anything you'd like to talk about, maybe come in here and join me with your favorite fish story. Do that. Contact us here at the station. So stay with me now for the latest reports and information, and let's cast away. Okay, everybody, I'd like to move into our fishing reports at this time. I'm going to start off actually kind of more with a water report. I'm going to follow up on our last show when we talked about all the tremendous amounts of rain that we've had here and all over the state of California. Well, we even have an update on that. Basically, this season, we've had an atmospheric river running over the the state of California. They've had a whole lot more up north than what we've had down here. And we all have seen the pictures of Oroville Dam right now overflowing and the people having to evacuate. There's been some real disasters up in that area. But since October 1st, Northern California has had the most rain they've recorded since 1922. Down at San Diego Way, since October 1st, this is the most rain they've had since records were started being kept back in 1850. Now, I know this has been an inconvenience for a lot of us, a lot of mud we're putting up with here in Anza, but we've also got to think about the long-term benefits that we're going to have out of this. We've been in this drought condition. We're going to fill our lakes up. We've got rivers running again. We've got to recharge the groundwater, and it's going to do so much good for the fishing and also all the wildlife. Some of the examples, the latest examples of the way some of the lakes have risen up, down in San Diego County, Lake Sutherland, close to Ramona, so far this season, it has risen 14 feet. Another lake down in San Diego, Barrett Lake. Now, this is a real favorite of all the bass fishermen down there. I know this lake was not much more than an overgrown mud puddle up before this year. But so far this season, Lake Barrett has risen 20 feet. I know in northern San Diego County, kind of close to us, down at Lake Henshaw, they've basically doubled the amount of water in that lake since the start of the rain season. And going up north, San Luis Reservoir in the Los Banos area, this is important because it's in the uh, water storage system for the state. That was another one that was really in drought stages down really low. Well, San Luis Reservoir this season has risen 140 feet. Just think of the amount of water in a big lake it takes to raise it that much. I know in the southern Sierras down in the Kern River, Normally at this time of year, with the uh, snow in the high country and a lot of water being frozen, the Kern River is not flowing much, usually three to 400 cubic feet a second. In January, the Kern River was flowing at 18,000 cubic feet a second. Now, this is, this is just major flooding they're having up there, but then again, that's going to do a lot of good for um, Lake Isabella and the water storage system in the state. And Lake Isabella is quite the uh, fishing place for bass, trout, catfish. It's a great recreation area. 
Now, as I said earlier, we've seen the evacuation and some of the disasters up north that they've had. And it may be an inconvenience for us with mud or maybe messing up some uh, weekend plans or something, but just think in terms of the long-term benefits we're having out of all this rain. Now, moving on to the fishing reports, looking down the hill from us, down the west side, Diamond Valley Lake, it's been pretty light pressure on the lake down there, and um, probably rightly so. It, it is pretty slow fishing right now, but I imagine once they start stalking with uh, trout on a regular basis, that'll pick up. Lake Hemet is doing quite well on their trout fishing right now. They've been on a regular, about an every other week stalking schedule from the state. The best bet there is to go shoreline fishing around the campground areas, and then your power baits, doe baits, and salmon eggs are all working real well there. Going down the hill down towards the desert side, I would say uh, if you want to do some trout fishing and count on the weather a little bit better, I would try Lake Kauia. They've got their last trout stock on February 9th, and they're on a pretty uh, regular schedule right now of twice a month on their trout plants. They probably won't be planting trout real late in the season with trout being a cold water fish and it does warm up down there, but you know, sometime in the next few weeks or before the end of March, that would be a real good bet to go down and, and try your trout fishing down on Kauia. One real bright spot we have on the freshwater scene is just down the hill from us, Lake Skinner. They're reporting very good striped bass fishing down there right now. I guess the lake is loaded up a little two to three pounders, catching quite a few of them. And they got their last trout plant on February 9th, and they're on a pretty regular schedule of two times a month, every other week, trout schedule down there on the planting. The striped bass really like to eat those trout too, so that's good for the striper fishing. And the trophy of the week was right down there at Lake Skinner. There was a uh, father-son combination that went out fishing on the lake. Dad caught himself an eight-pound largemouth bass, but that wasn't the trophy. His son caught a 26-pound striped bass. I saw a picture of this fish. It's humongous. It's, it's tuna-sized fish out of, out of a local lake. So I would say that would be a real good bet right now to go down and try Lake Skinner. In fact, I think I'm going to uh, hook up my boat and try to get down there this week myself. I've got to take advantage of that. Down on the saltwater scene from the local landings, that would be San Diego, Mission Bay, Oceanside, and Dana Point. It's pretty slow right now on your half and three-quarter day fishing trips. What they're really waiting for is the rock cod season opener on March the 1st. Once we get into it where you can target the rock cod, I'm sure the numbers will pick up quite a bit because you're going to have quite a few more people going out. I know that um, people will go out and take advantage of that because actually on the three-quarter day boats out of San Diego, they are going down into Mexican waters where you can catch the rock cod, and they've been doing real well on that. If you really have to get out on salt water, I would say that the day and a half trips are your best bet. These are out of the San Diego and Mission Bay landings. They're just running these on weekends. What they all do is leave on a Friday night, you travel all night, you have daylight to sunset fishing all day Saturday, and then you travel back Saturday night, get back to the landing on Sunday morning. In other words, you get a full day of fishing in with all your travel being at nighttime. Now these boats are going into Mexican waters. They're targeting, targeting the area around Colinette, which is about 120 miles down. So you do need that overnight run to get there. But they have been doing real well on the yellowtail. 
They've been averaging anywhere from three fish a rod up to five fish, limit style fishing, and, and these are real good quality fish too, 15 to 30 pounds. These fish, they're mainly catching on the yo-yo, the uh, irons dropping down, winding up fast, and getting some really nice yellowtail that way. Once they get their fill on yellowtail or, or get their limit on them, they are also targeting the rock cod down there, and they're doing real well on the rock cod fishing. So we do have our options. The biggest thing is waiting for a weather window to get out there, and um, we do have some pretty good opportunities out there right now, and it's only February. Well, okay, everybody. What I'd like to talk about in today's show is the trout season opener in the high Sierras. We're only two weeks away from it right now. Now, this is not the trout season opener. That's the big one, the end of April. Now, that one is probably the biggest fishing event that takes place in California, California where there are literally tens of thousands of people will make the migration up to the eastern Sierras for that big opener. No, what this opener is, and they just started it a few years ago, is the southern Sierras. They have an early season opener. This is the area between Lone Pine and Independence. That's up along the Highway 395. It's between those two towns and all the water that flows into them from the Sierras. Also, there's some trout season, tr trout fishing that's year-round also up in the Bishop area, too, that you can target at this time of year. So instead of talking about that big trout season opener where there's such a big area to cover, the whole eastern Sierras, what I'd like to talk about right now is the opener coming up and then the um, year-round trout fishing you can do in the Bishop area. Now, the streams that flow down, it would be Lone Pine Creek and then Independence Creek, these get pretty heavily stocked for this early season opener. And there are a couple ponds along these streams. They're called the sand pits. And um, they, get, they get stocked real well there too. And also just south of Lone Pine is Lake Diaz. That, lake Diaz is a roadside lake. It's right along the Highway 395. They get a real heavy stocking of the trout at that time too. Now, the weekend of March 17th is the... Um, big tournament out of Bishop. It's in um, Pleasant Valley Reservoir. Now that's a big one there. They have over $10,000 worth of prizes in cash they give away on that, that tournament there. But um, I really enjoyed that early season opener down in the Southern Sierras. I've done that with my boys a few times when they had an early spring break where we, we would go up there for the fishing. It's real easy fishing. You got really easy access to these places where you can fish, the sand pits or the streams, and it's just a good way to get a good start on that trout season. Now, if you're not fishing, this is also a great area to go to. The scenery up there is just really spectacular in the Sierras. The, the big high point out of, Mount, out, of, um, out of Lone Pine is you're right at the base of Mount Whitney. Now, Mount Whitney is the highest mountain peak in the lower 48 states. I know it because I've been on top of it five times, but it's quite a sight to see that. Also, just out of Lone Pine in the, in the uh, foothills of Mount Whitney are the Alabama Hills. There's a real pretty scenic drive that goes through the Alabama Hills. It's called the Movie Land Tour. Now, if you do this drive, which, you know, we've done the drive before. I've mountain biked it. And if, if you go through there, you'll probably feel like you've been there through there before. Because if you've ever seen an old classic Western, chances are you've seen something that was filmed in the Alabama Hills. 
There's also a movie museum right there in Lone Pine, and it, it shows the movie history of everything that's been filmed there in the Alabama Hills. A lot of your early Western stars, Roy Rogers, Gene Autry, Hopalong Cassidy, they did a lot of filming there. One of my favorite movies was also filmed in that very area, Tremors. Tremors was filmed all between Lone Pine and Bishop, and if you've ever seen those graboids, they live right there in the Alabama Hills. Moving just up the road from Lone Pine in Independence, just 15 miles up the road, is um, quite a historic site to see. It's the Manzanar. It is the relocation camp that the Japanese were put in during World War II. It's really um, got some real history there, how they were uprooted, put in there during the duration of the war. Kind of a funny thing about it is um, it was, I guess you could call it kind of a low security low security relocation camp because I've uh, met some of the men that were that were there as, as young boys. They It was kind of a well-known secret that they would sneak out at night and guess what they do? They would go fishing. So as long as they came back the next morning, I guess it was kind of okay with the guards there. It's kind of unique to that area. So anyhow, the big trout season opener is going to be on April 27th. You know, if you, it's quite an event to go up to that, and if you don't mind fishing and joining many thousands of other people, it's a great time to go up there. But before then, if you'd like to get a good feeling for the high Sierras and get some really good, fun trout fishing in, I would recommend that you go up there and try the early season trout fishing up there on the eastern Sierras along Highway 395. Okay, I've got my fishing tip of the week right now, and since we're talking trout fishing, I'd like to talk about some of the techniques you want to use on the trout. I think the most important thing about trout fishing is to use light line. Trout have very good eyesight, and they're, they can be very, very line shy. You don't want to go in there with 10-pound test line, something like that, and expect you're going to get bit. So what I would recommend is maybe going down as light as 2-pound test line, I like using the fluorocarbon too, now as a leader. Now fluorocarbon is your line that is virtually invisible in the water, so this is definitely gonna help you get more bites. Then after that, I think that's the big, most important thing to think of is just going light on your line. After that, you can start thinking about your basic baits. I like your power baits, your dough baits, bright colors. I like the, uh, I like the ones that are garlic scented too. But they even have some that are your fluorescent greens and reds. Trout are attracted to that. Trout are also attracted to anything that's bright and moving. So I like using your spinner baits too. So use these tips and I think you'll have some really good luck at your trout fishing. Just remember, go light. Okay, we're talking trout. So here's my recipe for the week. Guess what? It's a trout recipe. This is one I really enjoy. I really like doing this one when I catch them fresh, when I'm up there in the high Sierras along a stream. It's the best way to have your trout. This recipe is bacon-wrapped grilled trout. Okay, a lot of people don't like to eat trout simply because they are a smaller fish. You gotta watch out for the bone. You know, this is my first recipe that I've given that doesn't involve big fillets of fish, but you know, if you're trout fishing, you wanna be able to enjoy your catch too. What I like to do is go ahead and clean the trout, gut and gill them, cut off the fins. I want to wash them out real good too, but when you wash your fish, just remember, 
when you're in the Sierras, use the local water up there. Don't use some water you've taken up there, that tap water that might have chlorine in it. Use the good fresh water. Well, anyhow, after you've cleaned and washed off your fish, what you want to do is you want to season the fish inside and out, a little salt and pepper. I like to go light on the salt, but get both outside and also the inside of the cavity. What I like to do next is get some lemon juice and just squirt that lemon juice inside of the cavity there. Turn it up so the juice will stay inside there. After that, I like to use red onion, basil, garlic, and tomatoes. Slice them up real thin slices. Now we're talking a, a small fish, so you wanna cut them up in real thin slices. Put all these ingredients inside of the trout what you want to do next is wrap them up with a couple strips of bacon and secure them with skewers. Get your grill real nice and hot, and then what I like to do, instead of putting the trout right directly on the grill, since they are a real delicate fish, I like to get aluminum foil, either wipe it down with cooking oil or a no-stick spray, poke some holes in it, put that down on the grill first, then put your trout on it. This way your trout will get a nice grilled look, but they're not going to stick to a grill. Keep your trout there until the bacon just turns brown. Once the bacon starts to turn brown, you know that your trout is cooked all the way through. So anyhow, with this recipe, you notice I've talked about using a, an oil. You want to use oil on the foil. We put some garlic inside, some tomatoes inside, and I like to garnish it when I'm ready to serve it with some fresh cut avocados. Remember, those are my three ingredients I like to use. Olive oil, garlic, avocados, and oh, fourth one, tomatoes there too. So anyhow, try this bacon-wrapped grilled trout. Watch out for the bones, and I think it'll make a real trout eater out of you. Okay, I'd like to move into now my boating tip. As I know, if you're a fisherman, you probably like to go out on a boat too. So I was every week I like to get in a um, maybe an equipment tip about your boat, boat maintenance, boat care, or safety on your boat. Now, just a couple weeks ago, I gave a safety tip. In fact, that was my first boating tip, is always have that PFD, your life jacket, with you when you're out boating. Well, I kind of want to reiterate that one again, but one of my boating magazines I got just this last week, it, it um, had this as a safety tip. It really made an impression on me. It says this last year there were over 200 fishermen drowned by just simply falling overboard. The statistic on this is that 85% of these people were not wearing a personal flotation device. Also on these man overboard, men overboard, I wanna stress, 70% of them were found with their zipper down. Now, there's a couple sayings I always heard about when you're on a boat. Use the head, don't be dead. Another one is men are found with their zipper down. I think I know where you, you may know where I'm going to with this is um, bathroom habits on a boat. <laughs> now, if you're on a freshwater lake and you got to go, most all your local lakes are going to have restrooms all along the shore. So please go ashore and use the restrooms. Remember also, all of our lakes are drinking water, so you don't want to be doing your business into the lakes. And also because that this is a very dangerous thing to do. When you're doing this over the side, you're going to be very unstable, and if you go in the water, you're probably not going to be in a position to get out of it very quick. So just remember, 70% of the men overboard that are drowned, this is what they were doing. 
Now, if you're out on the ocean, you may think, well, it's not a problem polluting the water, but look at it this way. The ocean is gonna be a whole lot more unstable than being on a lake. And if you go in that big salt pond out there, your chances of getting back on board may be a lot less. And if you don't get back on board, your chances of survival are a whole lot less. So if your boat doesn't have a head on it, just you know have a designated can or something, do it that way. But that's a very important safety tip to remember is have that PFD with you and um, take care of your business in the proper way. Well, everybody, I've enjoyed bringing you this episode of The Castaway Show. I really enjoyed talking with you about the uh, early opener up there in the High Sierras. Now, as I said earlier, there's a whole lot more to talk about fishing in the Eastern Sierras once the big opener comes at the end of April. And I promise you, I'll do a show on that too, and we'll get more in depth on the fishing up north of, of Bishop in that area. It's a gold mine up there. So anyhow, you can contact us here, once again, programming 963 at KOYT. Or we've got a phone number. If you've got any comments, questions, you can give us a call at 763-K-O-Y-T. The numbers on that are 763-5698. So let us know what you think of the show, if you have any questions, or once again, if you'd like to come in and share a fishing story, you can do that too. So until our next show, I hope to maybe see you out, out on the water there, and together we can cast away.